listening to the best bits of the Breakfasters from 3RRR. Welcome to the Breakfasters podcast for the week starting Monday the 30th of May through to Friday the 3rd of June. Lots of highlights in this podcast, including content from RRR's National Day of Action for the Keep Community Radio campaign. Denise Scott is many things, comedian, television and radio presenter among them. This Saturday, 2pm, she's doing an event called Influence of My Mother at NGV International. Welcome to Triple R. Uh, thank you. I didn't realise it had that title. I better write something uh, appropriate. Well, that was my first question. Maybe you could explain a little bit about what kind what of the hell this is. What, well, so Whistler's Mother, the painting, yes. you're aware of this? Do I know you? the Do one. You? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, from the Mr Bean movie. Yes, the, mm. that's what it's made its fame from. <laughs> uh, good work there, Sarah. It was, in fact, a famous painting before at one that. point, before Mr Bean defaced it. But um, so Whistler's Mother, uh, the painting by James Whistler. How impressive am I sounding thus yes. far? <laughs> Painted in 1871. <laughs> Look out, Hannah Gadsby. Yeah, exactly. I've been wanting to mine her territory for years. Is jostle her off of her art perch, uh, but but no, look, I don't know anything about art, so Hannah can relax. Uh, but the painting Whistler's Mother is its first time; it's being shown at NGV, first time in Australia, and uh, it is that very austere painting of a mother and. NGV do do stuff like that. Bands come in. I, I guess they're trying to funk it up a bit, mm. you know, funk up the gallery a bit. Although bringing me in now, that I kind of think that's not exactly funking the funking up a place. But uh, yeah, it, so, it is. So I'm giving a talk, uh, and it is about, uh, for want of a better description, yeah, influence of mothers. So, um, so I talk. I, I am. I have written it. Well, you know, almost written it. And because uh, it doesn't happen till Saturday. No, plenty of time. Plenty of time. Take it easy. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, yeah. I talk about well the fact because I have artist kids. One of them being a visual artist as well. And uh, and and in fact, I asked them because uh, our daughter Bonnie lives in New York and she's a visual artist. And I asked her if there was any influence. Um, mm-hmm. on her artwork and she and her brother both say that they reckon part of the reason they're artists is because of the completely chaotic household without any routine that they grew up in. Oh, there you go. Okay. So that's How the... rude. <laughs> I was, they were very genuine. I could not believe that. I could not believe... You've been to our house, Gerald. It's very tidy and organised. We had dinner. We had dinner as a family every single night at the table. Like, admittedly, at midnight or 1am, but we ate dinner together. Well, that's the main thing. Um, I was um, doing a bit of... St- internet stalking of you. Oh, I hate that. You've really you've really hit a nerve there. I didn't know this internet thing was going to take... I hate the fact that there's all this... You're allowed to say... Well, I won't. But you can say whatever crap. you want. It's community no, radio. No, no, no. People say, oh, say whatever you like and then I do and then I get in real trouble. So don't you tell me I can say whatever I like, Miss Sarah. Don't you lead me down that path of trouble and being sued and having letters written to paper and I hate her. Um, but what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, the, the internet 
Yeah, I hate when people say that. Oh, I, I don't know. I've never seen your work. I'll look at it on the internet. I think, oh, that's a shame. Well, let's <laughs> find all... out what he. I'm intrigued. Oh, what did you find? I found on your Facebook oh. page you were talking about how your own mother found your career as a stand-up comedian so disturbing that you came to an unspoken agreement not to talk about comedy. Mm-hmm. What was so, that like? <laughs> is that of interest to anyone? Jeff, is that not the norm? No, this is true. So my, um, so my mum uh, really didn't like my comedy. Like she could, couldn't cope. And she was a, you know, she was a woman born in the twenties in a very sort of small country town, Christian, and it was very, um, very austere, uh, rather similar to Whistler's mother, as you'll notice in the, the tonal qualities of the. <laughs> Anyway, look, I will sound knowledgeable on the day, but there's a a real austerity about my mum. She was fun, don't get me wrong, but... um, And so when I started doing comedy, it was a real thing between us. Because we didn't argue either, our family. She didn't ever say what she thought, and I didn't to her. So it was... Except one... I did a thing on the ABC once. They did... um, it was called Smallest Room in the House and you had to do a personal story. I remember oh, yeah. Story, yeah. And it had to be a bit, you know, a little bit of a sad story, mm. not your happy... So I did a story about how I was told I couldn't have children and... I know. <laughs> Get out your tissues, <laughs> And anyway, and about how I had this weird-shaped womb, whatever. And, uh, and I was, as far as I know, the first person to use the F word and the C word in one sentence on television, which is a tremendous medal to mm. pin on one's chest. What was the sentence? But I, I won't say it, but but it, <laughs> it, it, it did have a context and I was quoting someone else. And Anyway, uh, this is serious. My mum, the week before that show went there, had a, had a heart attack and it was quite a quite a serious one. It was her first one. She had an, and anyway, and I got to the point where I was so dreading her seeing it that I kind of hope she. Oh, <laughs> I was oh, so no. terrified. And then she got better. I thought at least if she's in hospital, you know, I don't know why yeah. I'm whispering all these years know. later. <laughs> and mum isn't even with us anymore. But um, but she did see it, and and this w- thing went to air, and there was quite a lot of feedback about it, positive feedback and reviews in the paper, which had never happened to me before. And then I went um, and I had kids by then and I took the kids out to see her and and finally I plucked up the courage and I... Because was, there was so much tension in the room and I said, so did you see what I did on television? And she said, yes. <gasps> and, the, and I had to go that one step further and I said, so what did you think? And she just said, I hated it. And it was really that that was a point for me where it was a turning point and I realised this was about something and I thought it was about the swearing because she hated swearing, Mm. hated it. And in fact, what it revealed was it was about me revealing personal stuff in a public forum was horrendous for her. And then that all turned out to be to do with the fact that she had secrets and and that I didn't know she had and that that's what her life was based on was not saying a whole lot of stuff and there I am out there. And so it was, oh, it's so complex. <laughs> Imagine hearing all about this with Whistler's mother's painting <laughs> sitting behind her. But anyway, so then we made an agreement we didn't. We didn't make an agreement. We just decided 
I just decided I'd never mention I did comedy again. And we didn't we didn't talk about it. I, I had a similar thing with, with my dad where... But I, I think it's different. I think he just doesn't understand what I do mm. at all. So... And he was like your mother and hates swearing. And so any mention of me swearing... And also there was the time last year where I um, called... Um, uh, the Prime Minister, I refer to him as a C-word, a dumb C-word. Oh, um, right. It was, it was oh, within, yeah. it was within yes, context. Yes. Um, <laughs> that word context. <laughs> context, when it comes up to explaining to your parents what you do, context. <laughs> it's all about context. But I, I wasn't worried about him seeing it because I knew that he wouldn't be up watching ABC, like, comedy up late on ABC, so I wasn't stressed about it. But then it was on the Andrew Bolt report and he loves watching oh. that, so that's how he felt. And I just get a text off my mum saying, your father saw you on the Bolt report, not happy. <laughs> <laughs> so, But, but we've just, never spoken about it either. Well, because it's just easy. And you know what? In the, at the end of the day, I was really sorry that I spent a lot of my time being really sad that my mm. mum couldn't approve of my work. And, and when it got towards the end of her life and she had Alzheimer's, and she was a lovely Alzheimer's, per, like, happy mm. Alzheimer's person, and she just loved me. Loved really? everything about, like, <laughs> and, and it was like she had no memory of any problems between, and just was, it was fantastic. And I realised, oh... That's what it's about, yeah. really. It's about loving your kid. And, you know, I'm having this sort of full circle thing where our daughter Bonnie is a visual artist and we just went to New York where she had an exhibition. There were five artists exhibiting and John, her dad and I rock up to the exhibition and there's a huge warning sign. <laughs> there's five artists exhibiting. Warning, back gallery... And at that point I knew who the artists were. <laughs> John and I both looked at one another and we both know who this is about. You know, it contains sexually explicit <laughs> images which will offend. And I am, I was my mother's daughter. I <laughs> lips of string, putting the teeth, plastering on a smile. <laughs> ITO then. And so it's come full circle. <laughs> well, at least if... Except I was there. I was there mm. and I did smile mm. looking at... Well, look... No, I didn't. You can't look at your daughter in such situations and grin. But <laughs> you, you're there and you're supporting. That's all that counts. <laughs> well, then this, this show is at the NGV, so your mother would at least think that that was kind of respectable. Uh, yes, well, she died some years ago, but I'm sure wherever she is, she's going at last. <laughs> <laughs> she's gone to a gallery. But you see, Mum would have been... It's like talking about anything, anything personal, be it positive, it was just not on. Mm. It just didn't do it. It was very much of her eras. And, and that... I think that influenced my work. I guess the main influence of my mum was that she was just so into family, like my, most mothers are, but, and that's the passion she gave me. Mm. And that's what I, I, I celebrate in my work. <laughs> the show is called Influence of My Mother. It's on NGV International this Saturday at 2pm. We've been talking to Denise Scott. Thanks so much for coming in. And thank you for having me, young people. You're listening to the best bits of The Breakfasters from 3RRR. Did you guys see Adele is a bit mad?
about people filming her when she's singing. She's just um, in the Guardian's got a little piece. We we're, we're going to talk about it in media, but we got distracted by gorillas and Donald Trump and so forth. But she's um, she went uh, she went off. But people filming it, she said, she "said Can you stop filming me with that video camera? Because I'm really here in real life. You can enjoy it in real life rather than through your camera." She then added, "It isn't. This isn't a DVD. This is a real show." And then, according to the Guardian, she then rolled her eyes and turned around. Oh. Has this been like a really, like a trend of the last five years as artists kind of cracking the shits of people in the audience, filming them? Um, Jack White, if you go to a White Stripe show or any Jack White show, you'll have, you, there's signs saying you have to put your, you're not allowed to have your phone at the show or you have to have it away and if the sh- you'll get, you get like thrown Come out of the show. Fun, yeah, I was going to say, bossy. Yeah. It is a bit bossy, but also I kind of get it. Like, I mean, I, I hate... I hate <laughs> when people put up their phone in front of me at a show and I, I know I sound like like a crabby old loser, but I'm not. And a lot of my... <laughs> a lot of my yeah, fr- I tell myself that. I know, I know, right. A lot of my friends film shows and um, that's fine. And to be fair, yesterday I was tagged in footage of myself at Bruce, a Bruce Springsteen gig in Berlin in 2012 and there was footage of that gig where I was with friends and one of my mates who loves to film a show was filming it and I was like oh that's nice there's like a memory yeah. from Bruce but yeah. I also was like the fo- you know the photos of us before that gig were fine like I didn't need the video and um, I have been at a couple of shows in the last year really like important shows waiting for a really great moment uh, and just as an artist was about to like sing the song that you've like waiting to hear of and mm. waiting to hear for a lot of years of my life someone in front of me has put up a phone and I've been stuck trying to like in, like be in this moment with this artist you know you've kind of had in your head for a long time you're like I'm finally going to hear this song and then someone's put up a phone and started filming that moment and I'm like now I can't see the artist now you're taking that away from me I don't really know but what to do just listen no the whole point is that you're there <laughs> connecting with the artist yeah but why are you just saying that you don't like it because you move can't move your head a bit, mate? Because you, you can't see. Yeah, but you can't always. But like the gigs you go to, you can't. Yeah, because but are you annoyed because they're fo- are you annoyed because they're filming it, or you're annoyed because they're in your way? Yeah, I'm annoyed because they're in my way. But so if they're doing something else and they're in your way, they're just putting their hands up, and you'd be equally annoyed. Or are you particularly annoyed because they're filming? No, because it's different. Because if someone's hands up, you can look around. Hand. If someone is filming, you got a bright light there, and all you can see is the screen and the person, and they're totally ruining the moment for everyone around them. It's nah, like this brain. Nah, mate, nah, mate, they <laughs> are. Nah, they are. Mate, I had no problems when you were standing in front of me and when we were at watching... Um, cable ties. Cable, yeah, the cable ties the other night and I was really enjoying the moment and then you got your phone out and started uh-huh. filming. No uh-huh. problems uh-huh. there. And let me say, I had to do that for the, uh-huh. for the breakfasters Instagram <laughs> and on, I did it for two seconds. Throne. I know, very cool. <laughs> but that's different. That was for a job and it was for two seconds. I didn't hold well, my phone say, up. You don't know what the person in front of you But I didn't doing. hold it above my head. You weren't standing behind me. If you were standing me, behind Sarah row. at the triple R, please give us a call. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was holding it in front of me very closely and, I t- and, and Phoebe Squared was taking one at the exact same time next to me and I thought, there's, there's, there's Phoebe Squared. Yeah. And I was like, here's a really good chance for me to not look like a... No, no. And so I took, if Phoebe Squared jumped off a cliff, would you jump <laughs> probably, off Probably. To be fair, Probably. <laughs> You know the thing. I you know lo- that's the only reason I do the job <laughs> is because Phoebe did the job before me, and I'm a bit obsessed with it. <laughs> you know the thing I lo- the like about this though. This whole story is based on a video that someone took. There is video of Adele Cracking telling the people shit. about watching. I love it. I, I film it. No, that's a lot. I little bits. If you know something's really, I'll go. Oh, I just want to capture a moment. And I, you know, I'm against people that. You know what else can capture a moment? Your mind. 
happening? No, but it doesn't stay, mate. It but doesn't what, stay. What, what, what I wonder too is what happens with all these videos? Like, who ever watches them? Like, you I know, do. But, but I like, go, crappy video, no, like, no one blurry. Watches them. That's my point. I said this to a friend of mine. So we were at, um, we went as one Nick Cave the last time that he was out and we were at the Sydney My Music Bowl and we were watching really, really quite close up and... I think Deanna came and I can't remember, but it was a really great moment. And we're like, ah, and he gets out his phone and he starts filming. I'm like, mate, like, my mate did, oh, my mate. And I was like, we're having a really good, having a really good time together. Like, you know, this is fun. We're singing along. He's like, oh, I just want to capture the moment, Sarah. And I was like, oh, and everyone around him was really annoyed because his phone was emitting this really bright light as well. Like, and it was kind of like the light's really dark. And they're mm. like, it's Nick Cave. Like, you're having this really great moment. And all you can see is this bright, shining light. And it was, to be fair, fairly annoying. But, and he actually later admitted to me, he's like, oh, I think, why did I take that footage? He goes like a little bit and all you can hear is Diana, Diana. And it's like, I'm not really capturing anything there. So, Well, that's fine. But sometimes you get good footage. Like once, Do you? Uh, yeah. Do you? Do you want to? I'm going to lay down the gauntlet. Do you want to show me some good footage that you've got from a gig that you look at time and time again? I've looked at it a few times. <laughs> I've, I've got um, people dancing at a, at a Kanye concert. When he came out, oh, okay. I'll show you that. All but right. it's just I don't, you know. I yes, I agree. You don't stand there and hold your phone up and be really annoying and just go, look, I'm going to film the whole but song. That's what they do. That's what I care about. Every like, time I yeah, look, put, you, put your phone up and take a photo, film for a second or whatever. But yeah, it's, it's the filming of the whole song. Every time I look yeah, at our no, Facebook page, I see too that tired video. That. Yeah. Every time I look at the Facebook page, I see that video of that damn snake that was in here. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was what's, great. What's that? No, you remember we that yeah. snake came oh, in really? and Geraldine was waving into my face and oh. this great fucking the snake was <laughs> trying to bite me. <laughs> Is that a good memory? No, it's oh. a terrible memory. <laughs> a traumatic memory. You're listening to a podcast from Community Radio 3 Triple R in Melbourne, Australia. A lot of you, you, well, you guys know that I have the pleasure of also working with children at times. As well as the pleasure of working with us. Yes. as Also well, children. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, guys. No. <laughs> I made the bad joke for you, Jess. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, I, kids are funny. Basically, I want, if, if there are any teachers or pe- people that do work with children, and have, or even parents, and you have a funny story about a time that your kid has owned a situation or been just been funny in general, give us a call on 9388 1027 because it'll just, I just think there's lots of fun stories out there. So give us a call now um, while we're talking. It's all right. We can, or Sarah can answer the phone while I tell you this story mm. about a time that one of our kids that I worked with was funny. Um, we had a, a visit from the local mayor. So we had like our big bosses, um, like the head of our department and that kind of thing. And the mayor came to have a look at our setup and and whatnot. I work in an after school care program, um, and, and so we're walking through one of the rooms. Uh, there was a kid in there, and you know one of our managers was like, "Oh, are you?" Hello, boy, are you supposed to be in here or are you supposed to be outside? And he turned to them, like this is including the mayor, and just went, go F yourself. But he didn't <gasps> use the... <laughs> he used the whole word <laughs> and oh then just God. strutted out. 
like, yeah, that's, that's the kind of kids that we work with. <laughs> How did the mayor respond? That's amazing. Oh, I think they just laughed afterwards. <laughs> they went, oh, I think they were a bit, oh, well, oh, oh. maybe you should go outside now. <laughs> oh, it was so great. It was funny. Um, my mother told me a story about um, my niece um, who's very young mm-hmm. and um, they were down the park um, and there were ducks and swans in the park and um, they wanted to feed them bread. And Do you remember we had that um, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, feature creatures? You're not yeah, supposed yeah. to feed them anymore, but, you know, kids want to feed the, 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 the ducks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can uh, keep, keep talking. Keep talking. Yeah. Terrible yeah. Um Yeah, and then um, <laughs> they the were about to start... just on hold. <laughs> they were about to start feeding them when a park ranger came past and so they quickly put all of the bread away and they were talking to the park ranger and then Sal apparently piped up, can you please go so we can feed the ducks? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. I like kids. We do have a caller. I do have a caller. Hi, you're on Triple R. Yeah, hi, I just heard a funny story. I'm a teacher. Yes. Um, and it wasn't actually in my class, but a friend of mine who I work with was doing a spelling lesson. Mm. And this little boy piped up with, oh, if I didn't have a G in my name, I'd be an anus. <gasps> oh. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> That's like when um, Lana's find out what their name is spelt backwards. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Thanks so much for calling. Thank you. Hello, you're on Triple R. Hello. Hey. Hi, how are you going? going? Good. Good. What's your name? My name's Hannah Jenkins. Hi, um, Hannah. I, am I live on You here? are? Yes. You are live on here. I was oh, meant to tell you that. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Story. Funny, funny, funny story. I lived on Waiheke Island, which is this little New Zealand island, little island off Auckland. Full of hippies, like middle class <laughs> whitey hippies. And they're all into like Steiner and Feld and, you know, calm yes. and gentle things. <laughs> so my kid goes to this little puppet show, right? And it's really quiet. And she starts hoiking in the back row. <laughs> Like fully doing it, like not just one little one swallowed a spit, like totally just through the whole show to the point that the puppeteer couldn't stop laughing and like had to stop the show. And I was like, well, you know, we have Chinese heritage, the thing, people hoik this bit. Um, yeah. Wow. No explanation for it, just. Just add it. Just she had to... Just doing it. I mean, it's not like I do it and spit out the window or, you know, swallow oh, it back. It was just, you know, it was just this sound. It was just this constant hoik sound that oh, just got the, you know, the little puppet show and... She couldn't stop laughing. I just love that kids gold. don't care. That yeah. It's like I'm just going to hoik away. Um, thank you so much yeah, for your call. Cool. Thanks, awesome. Hannah. Have a good day, Hannah. Bye, Bye. mate. Oh, I've got another couple. Hi. Oh, no. So was, mate. Sorry, I didn't get to you. Call back. We'll try another one. Hello, you're live on Triple R. Who are we speaking with? Oh, um, we're speaking to Catherine. G'day, Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Have you got a story about kids being funny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a teacher for X amount of years. and um, <laughs> Full respect to you. <laughs> and show and tell is always full of um, little gems. Yes. Um, and every every day that children's lives are exposed, I think parents have no idea what's told in show and tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 
sorts of things come out which um, you just think, oh, well, better keep quiet about that one. Better keep quiet about that one. <laughs> and one time this lovely little boy was, he, it was his turn, and he said, oh, we were robbed last night. And, oh, it was terrible, and they stole this and they stole that, and all the kids were looking on. You had robbers in your house. And we kept, you know, we talked about it, and he said, and guess what? And we went, what? They even took the dope plants. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. <laughs> what, what do you say as a teacher? Oh, my God, that oh, is amazing. You have best. made my day. Thank you so much for calling oh, in. Thanks, Catherine. <laughs> thanks, mate. See you later. I wonder if those robbers were just in blue. <laughs> oh, God. We've got a couple more people on the phone. Hi, you're on Triple R. Who are we speaking with? Uh, Katya. Hi, Hello. how are you going? Good, how are you? Good, mate. You are live on air. Uh, do you have a story uh, about kids being funny? Yes, I used to be a nanny and I worked with a very hilarious and very smart five-year-old. And we were sitting there one day playing Play-Doh and I said to him, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he said to me, oh, I'd like to be a scientist, but I think I'm going to work part-time at Kmart so I can get discounts. <laughs> It's good to have options. He's a smart kid. I really like that. Well, with the cuts to the CSIRO, it's probably good to have a second second career ready. Oh, thanks so much for sharing that, mate. Thank you. No problem. Have a good day. I love children. Uh, Hi, you're you're on Triple R. Who are we speaking with? Uh, It's, um, uh, yeah, my name's Andrew. I just had a story to tell for the segment. Oh, yeah. You're on You're on here, Andrew. Share away. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, my nephew, when he was a lot younger, he's uh, now about 22, but uh, he, um, we were at somebody's place uh, for Christmas. I forget whose it was, but he, he got into the uh, nativity scene <gasps> that they had set up and yeah. uh, he started playing Star Wars with it. <laughs> and, and, and he was, uh, I forget who he had hold of, but he was chasing down baby Jesus and he said, take that. Baby Jesus. <laughs> 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 and, uh, they'll just chase each other down like a Star Wars. Oh, I love yeah, it. Take that, baby Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take that religion. Um, thank you so much, mate. Okay, no so, worries. Yeah, bye. Oh, I love That's this. It. I could just take this call yeah. all today. We missed a, oh, we missed a few, so sorry about that. But um, that was amazing. Children, hey. It's so funny that my younger sister, I remember once asking her what she wanted to do when she grew up, and she said she wanted to work at 7-Eleven so she could get free Slurpees all day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. It's so smart. <laughs> You're listening to a podcast from Community Radio 3 R in Melbourne, Australia. We are right in the middle of Reconciliation Week. To tell us all about it, Damien O'Keefe is a project officer at Reconciliation Victoria. He joins us now in the studio. Welcome to Triple R. Thanks very much for having me. Um, Reconciliation Week started on the 27th of May. It runs to June 3. What's the significance of those two dates? Uh, first of all, um, the May 20, 27th is the anniversary of the 1967 referendum uh, that... Um, um, gave um, Aboriginal people the right to vote and counted Aboriginal people in the census. Uh, so it was a, a very breakthrough moment in Australian Australian history. And um, 
the third of June this uh, Friday is uh, the anniversary of the Mabo de- Mabo decision, which sort of laid the uh, platform for uh, native title rights in, in Australia. So they 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 bookend reconciliation week. There were two two real milestones along the the journey towards reconciliation, which we still got a long way to go on. We've um. You've already had the long walk at, at, at the football. What other kind of events are being held for Reconciliation Week this this year? Look, there's a heap of stuff going on all around Australia, and Victoria in particular. Um, Victoria punches above its weight a bit in this space. Um, there's about 100 events uh, uh, happening locally around uh, Victoria. Uh, there's uh, there's film nights, there's cultural walks, there's uh, forums, there's a big uh, one one event I should maybe um, highlight is a forum uh, uh, tomorrow night at the Melbourne Town Hall, uh, part of Melbourne Conver- Conversations, which is talking about uh, sovereignty, self determination, treaty, constitutional recognition, all the big big questions, uh, uh, big issues um, on the agenda at the, at the moment, uh, particularly in Victoria, given the uh, the agenda of the. Victorian government, um, but there's there, there's a stack of stack of events, and the best best thing to do would be to jump on our website at Reconciliation Victoria and have a look at our online calendar. Um, but there's um, yeah there's um, library sessions for the story times for kids all around the all around the the state, um, and as, as I said, there's a whole bunch of film nights, art exhibitions. Um, uh, guided walks with um, elders, um, Aboriginal elders um, in different parts of uh, Victoria. This, I've been around the state uh, fairly frenetically over the last few days and um, um, been really impressed by the numbers of people turning up to these these events, um, mm. big, a big increase on previous years. Um, you're the project for Reconciliation Victoria. What does reconciliation mean to you? Does it involve a treaty with Indigenous and non-Indigenous people? Is it uh, recognition? Is it sovereignty? Is it compensation? Which or any of those things are involved in reconciliation? Yeah, I reckon they're all part of the story, Jeff. Um, it's, um, yeah, look, it's, it, it is multifaceted sort of thing um you know there's no one one thing um uh there's definitely uh, a need for you know a very holistic approach um for a very integrated uh, uh program to bring about reconciliation in in this country uh you know to me it means um um white fellas like myself um reconciling our role in our history, what we've done in the past, um, as as well as uh, um, taking steps to make sure that uh, we build bridges between Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people, between uh, uh, that we um, gain a greater understanding of one another, that we build more just and respectful relationships with one another. And that in- includes some institutional things like um, um, creating agreements and treaties Throughout the throughout the country, um, through um, legislative programs that um, that uh, address a lot of the discrimination that's still in in our, for instance, our constitution and in other legal legal structures, and um, 
the the um, that addresses the inequalities uh, uh, that are still existing and 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 the the, the inca- for instance the incarceration rates um, that um, Aboriginal people are experiencing in mm. frightening numbers mm. stuff like that so yeah there's a lot of practical stuff there's symbolic stuff there's the you know the um, Flying of the Aboriginal flag on town halls and 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 buildings, the, the symbolic stuff that makes Aboriginal people feel as is as though they ha- they are safe in this space. Um, but then there's also the the legislative programs that need to be introduced to address the inequalities and injustices that that still prevail. Do you think one of the the biggest barriers to reconciliation is just a general um, lack of knowledge of the Aboriginal culture? Yeah, that's definitely definitely a thing. You know, um, uh, you still meet people, um, heaps of people uh, that, that say they've never met an Aboriginal person. They probably have, but they, they're not aware of it. But, um, you know, according to a, a recent... Uh, survey that uh, Reconciliation Australia has uh, has done. And only 33% of, of non-Aboriginal Australians say that they've they've met an Aboriginal person that that they engage with Aboriginal people. So there is yeah there is a very sad uh, lack of understanding, lack of knowledge. But having said that, uh, I think there is uh, there's a growing awareness there's mm. way more happening in our education system there's um, there's so much more in the media these days you know there's been some real breakthrough um, television film stuff mm. that give people opportunities to understand more about Aboriginal culture it's, it's you know it's, it's out there I do way find more than it, it, used it, to be. it is starting to grow a bit more I mean because you know we go back to when we're in high at school and it, the only thing we learn about you know was the invasion and stuff so uh, I guess it's it's nice to know that it is you know there is more of a cultural awareness that's coming through the school programs and and things like that. Um, I have no more question for that. Yeah, definitely. No, it's definitely true. There's way more happening in schools. We get inundated with requests from schools to mm. have Aboriginal people come out, and um, which is something we try and facilitate to get elders to come out and talk to talk to kids. You know, and and a lot of these events that I've been to over the last uh, few days, there's lots of school kids there, and um, they're they're. they're there's an incredible will to to learn more, to engage mm. more, to embrace Aboriginal culture more, and there's a there's a genuine, I think, uh, um, groundswell in in Australia of people uh, wanting to acknowledge that Aboriginal people looked after this country. Mm. Uh, in a way better way than we did that we we have managed to in 230 years you know for 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 um thousands and thousands of years and that they had they had knowledge that we need to acquire um there have been like a lot of symbolic as you say kind of achievements um from reconciliation week in, in within the indigenous community but as you were saying the the report that came out of this earlier this year indicates that like the gap between um, Indigenous Australia and white Australia is getting larger and larger in terms of things like incarceration rates and education rates. Why do you think that's going backwards? The more that we seem to be kind of talking about it, there are education programs in schools now. Why do you think the the practical part of this is going backwards? Yeah, look, I I don't think everything's going backwards. I'm certainly some things. uh, You know, you look at the closing the gap indicators, um, a lot of them uh, have stalled. Mm -hmm. 
education retention rates have gone up. That's a that's a promising thing. Yeah. Having said that, um, you know the incarceration rates, especially for Aboriginal women, have gone through the roof, um, and and that's uh, and, and incarceration rates rates um, for all Aboriginal people have, have, have increased, which is which is um, just unacceptable. Um, and also um, the number of Aboriginal children um, being in out of co- out of home care has has increased. You know, despite the fact that we had the bring them home report 10 or so years ago. Mm. Um, Why is that? I mean, there's been some really appalling uh, government policies um, that um, really short-sighted, appalling policies that uh, have... um, um, you know, such as the mandatory sentencing policies, that that uh, the indirect effect of them is is uh, uh, discrimination against Aboriginal people because it's then that come to the attention of the law. Um, yeah, it's a, look, that's a big question. Yeah, sorry, it's only five minutes ago. That's, <laughs> a, that's a really, really, really big question. Um, mm. But um, I guess it's stuff that will be discussed this week, which is you know. Which is why we have it as well. Yeah. I can kind Look, of, you know. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's partly because uh, uh, we have an inadequate political system that that doesn't have long term objectives. You know, yeah. you, you get a they throw money around here, there, and everywhere, and then the program ends. They're not funding the right sort of bodies. You know, the legal services have been cut. The Aboriginal legal service, service that, that represent. Um, people that in in the court system are, have been have been cut under the um, current mm. national federal government. Having said that, you know we have got some great initiatives like the Koori Court in Victoria um, that uh, has that is addressing some some of that anyway. And Victoria is leading the way in that in in involving the Aboriginal community, empowering the Aboriginal community to to um, address to, to, to be. Yeah, t- to be part of the process and and therefore um, 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 come up with the solutions. And All right. Well, that's reconciliation week is running to the third of June. There's heaps of th- events to be involved with. As we've said, the best thing to do is to jump on the website of Reconciliation Victoria. We've been talking to Damien O'Keefe, who is a project officer there. Thanks so much for coming. Thanks very much for Thank having you. me. You are listening to a podcast from Community Radio 3 FM in Melbourne, Australia. Keep Community Radio Day of Action right now. We're joined by two, not just Triple R legends, but legends generally, Phoebe Squared and Henry Waggons. Welcome both of you. Thank you for having me. Oh, hi. 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 I'm really, I'm really ner- I don't know how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me, Phoebe. I'm really nervous that you're over there. I feel like no. you're watching me. She is. Push the wrong buttons. <laughs> Look the other way. Yeah. No. Thank you for coming in today, guys. Thanks for having us. Did somebody else pull out? <laughs> you were first yeah, I'm sorry. Sam you were Pang, the first go-to. Pang pulled out. Of course you were. <laughs> hey, just quickly, you've got a bowl of lollies here. So you know it's something festive is happening when Triple R brings <laughs> yeah. out a bowl of lollies. Or like soggy crisps or something. But there's <laughs> the Chico's selection. in here, those chocolate jelly babies. Yeah. And um, I went out with a guy for, like, he was my first real kind of... Boyfriend? Boyf. Yeah. Um, And he lived in a carrot van (laughs) in his parents' driveway. Oh, my God, what a winner. I know. I should (laughs) have seen the the signs quite early. (laughs) But he had a mirror in his his caravan and he was a big fan of Chico's. And every time he had a bag of Chico's, he'd lick the back of a Chico and stick it around and made a frame of Chico's around his mirror. 
Where oh. Where is this man now? Where is this man? He's either in custody or. <laughs> I think he became. Well, no, I actually. He became a born again Christian. Oh. All the chicos started speaking. Anyway, to him. how are you guys going? <laughs> quite a I'm just going to eat the chico. I refer to him as the chico liquor. Oh. oh anyway, wow. that is I'm amazing. I'm intrigued by the carrot van, I'll be honest. Yeah, oh, there's a lot to tell, but I'll tell you off there. <laughs> Hashtag keep community radio because where else are you going to get a story about a chico liquor who turned into a born again Christian? So, I've got to say, it's hard for me to imagine Triple R without Phoebe Squared, but maybe you can tell us how you first got involved. Oh, can you go to Henry because I ate the chico. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to digest. And don't, I, I can't tell the story at the moment because I'm in the process of licking seven chicos and putting it on the back of the computer monitor here. <laughs> I'm so sorry, that's so rude. <laughs> no, no. Let's, let's go to you then, well, Henry. What's your origin story? Um, it was. Can hot. I? Sorry, can mm. I interrupt? I heard a great story yesterday that um, we, you, there was demos sent in from you very early on, and it, Beck still got them apparently. Oh wow! I yeah. think we're going to play one those now. on eBay for uh, seven dollars fifty nine. <laughs> I've seen seen them being sold. Um, yeah, it was a. Original cut and paste story. I don't know any other place or, you know, the culture of community radio in Melbourne where bands can still cut and paste. You know, I got the Uhu stick out and assembled a CDR and popped a few in here and got a call from Gary Seven maybe 10 days later, not expecting anything, um, and, and he asked me to come in for an interview. And um, the band and, and my music has had a strange momentum since that very moment. I pigeonhole without any innuendo intended you know, pigeonholed the entire station. You know, it was it was uh, it was a great thing, and it's an, a unique opportunity for a musician to be able to get a direct artery into passionate uh, people about music that aren't pushing any kind of agenda other than their own musical uh, passion. And, and, you know, it's just an amazing thing. That, that is exists. so true. There's so many bands actually, Fee, that I've spoken to who have said, "Oh, Fee." emailed me and was like, hey, like saw you guys on the weekend, can you send me your music or whatever? Yeah. And as if that ever has, if you have like broadcasters reaching out to bands going, I want to hear more of your music, I want to play your music, send yes, it my don't way. don't be an idiot. Send your music yeah. into oh, no. <laughs> stations like this, do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I did, I have had to do that before yeah. and then there are other people who just won't stop sending you their stuff in. So there's a happy medium somewhere. In there, there is a happy medium, mm. but you are a huge supporter of local music and um, I think that's why I still love listening to Maps as well. I often listen to Maps and go, oh, write down a song. And I'll be like, I have to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to listen to that. So, yeah, you're still out, you you know, you're still out there and going and seeing stuff. And um, Jez came in one night when I was doing maps and I was like, oh my God, (laughs) there's a breakfast here. It was so exciting. And um, and then we were talking about cable ties. Yeah. And so she came in the next night to, um, to because I said, it's an early gig, mate. You can squeeze that in for breakfasters. (laughs) I know what it's like. So you're all done and dusted by 8 30. See you later. No night. Yeah, but that's what I like. You know, I just felt really. Oh, Fee's asked me, asked me to come and do a gig. Yeah, I'll come. Yeah, I'll come hang out. Yeah, yeah it was a hot date. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like um, going and seeing all the local bands and having a chat with them, and you know, you even become friends with some of them. Like Henry and I, although we don't see each other as I, I'd like to. Are you guys you know, friends? Yeah, we're mates. Aww. This is a. 
wonderful double bill we've yeah. got in here. Oh, this is a great yeah, what a unexpected. Well, and Henry um, was doing a segment on breakfasters as well, and um, Henry uh, has this amazing storytelling ability, and we afforded it's him nothing on Chico stories well, that you pulled out. It's true. Mine out was concise. Let's just say that, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, Henry would um, would crank out maybe, you know, well, I think one time you were still talking when I pretended that we were still talking with you on air and we might have faded. Well, I didn't. But it was like 20 minutes and although that's like to, you, you know, just like people listening and kind of being involved in that and going, wow, they've been talking for 20 minutes, not realising it, but going, you just don't get that time afforded to you mm. or playing, uh, you know, you could play Iron Butterflies in a gutter DeVita at 20 minutes long and, you know, all of those sorts of things. There's so many things that you can do on community radio that you can't do on the commercial stations and I am loath to make comparisons all the time between the two. But, you know, it, it is. It's such a massive um, a mass, massive kick in the guts to lose something that's, you know, well, prob- Sam Pang's probably getting 1.4 million a year now <laughs> doing, you know, breakfast on a commercial radio station. To a lot of people, it's a drop in the ocean. But to us in the community radio realms, it's massive. And so um, having a day like this is really important because obviously all we're asking people to do is, you know, hit a petition. There's no money exchange, no nothing. It's just making sure that you, um, that we sort of put a message out there. And regardless of whether it's reinstated or not, we need to keep things like this going and keep showing your support and not take it for granted. Mm. And don't don't be apathetic about it. We've got exactly. such a worldwide... Uh, we're noted for having this cultural institution of the penetration of community radio in Melbourne. Mm. You know, there's a atmosphere of success and celebration around community radio. Everyone loves it and w- Melbourne is known worldwide for this. But just because you're surrounded by success and a lot of other people doing it doesn't mean you can sit back and not get involved yourself, get active about it. And this is something we should be proud of and celebrate and actively keep this cultural institution of community radio going here. It's it's something you need to lead at home. Uh, like one of the things I like about, about community radio is that um, it's sometimes a bit, it's not, it's not as slick as other radio. No. Sometimes, isn't it, Jeff? <laughs> sometimes things don't go quite to plan. Do either of you have any stories of um, of times when uh, things have? How long have you got? <laughs> haven't quite gone the way Tell you planned. Tell us your favourite one, mate. Oh, no, there's just there's too many. It's you I've know got a you'll have story about having uh, being at the end of a story and Fee just faded. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> <laughs> come in and they're really passionate and they do a lot of a lot oh, of this. I used to do that when I, 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 I remember worked coming with a on guy. doing that exactly, all the time. Exactly, yes. <laughs> and like, you know, but you can, to some people, because I'm doing the training course, the production training course, I basically tell the students in that those courses that this course is all about ruining the magic of radio. So um, when you tell them about stuff that even on-air pronou- um, announcers do now, it, it makes them feel a little bit better about if they screw something up because it's like things get screwed up all the time. You may not, it may not always be obvious. But John Safran, I worked with, some of you may have heard of his work. <laughs> he used to use this microphone pretty much that I'm on right now. And <laughs> we'd go to air and. <laughs> but then, do you know what I mean? Like other people are kind of going, I love that I feel like I'm in that room yeah. and it's not. 
I think Sam, Sam, uh, it might have been Sam paying Tony Wilson and I were talking about the great billboard wars one time and everybody seemed to have, there was a real change in breakfast radio at the time. There were a lot of new teams happening and we were like, who, who do we have to, you know, um, get biblical with to um, get a get a bloody um, billboard around this this yacht, um, and Sam we had to come up with a slogan, and Sam said that it should have been us out in the Triple R kitchen over a um, coffee with a tin of international roast that just had us sort of glaring at the camera that said, "Breakfasters, we sound uh, we sound how you feel." Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, but do you know what I mean? It's like there's that thing as well where people really feel like they're a part of what you're doing and that's why you connect with them because it's not slick. We're not pumping a room full of, you know, happy gas and Mm. everybody laughing and... Well, you know, sometimes we're, laughing we're happens, yeah, but laughs. it's organic. You no, know. And, and I like that Jeff, well, he occasionally punches the microphone and I think that just adds <laughs> to the... <laughs> Maintain <laughs> the rage, Jeff. Yeah. I enjoy the, the sipping of a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, I love the sipping. Yeah, yeah. I love the sipping of uh, a cup of tea. Have you guys ever had that? I think this is... I don't know if I can speak for the other two, but I think this is our, our, our perpetual concern is leaving a mic on after we go oh, off. Oh, we've done it twice now. Oh, really? I don't yeah. think anyone's ever actually noticed it. No. Please don't call if you have noticed no. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. One time I think Tom Elliott was saying goodbye and the microphone was still open. But it was very it was very rare and that's why I used to say to my co-host, don't ever slight me because I can kill you <laughs> with just one push of a microphone button. No. Always assume that the microphones are on. Always. My favourite trick is to go to those guys when they've just said something a bit shit <laughs> off of here about, well, not about they're bitching about anyone or anything, but they'll say something I'll be like, oh, shit, the mic's on. And they, <laughs> they still fall for it time and time again. No, <laughs> no, no we Long. don't, mate. It'll be funny. Yeah, you do. Look, no. It'll once. be funny until the mics are actually on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could well be any minute now. Um, hey, sorry, I've got to say that the whole reason I'm here is really is just because of you. I hope you realise. Can you play some violins now, please? <laughs> A long time Smithy. ago. I've got a tiny one. Thanks. <laughs> over here. <laughs> I, know, I know I have been doing a lot of sucking up today to people, but but it's true. Like, it, you were the, one of the people that, that got me on the station in the first place and you were a true... I remember bumping into you down Brunswick Street and you kind what of... What a creep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me, going, not you. No, no, you bumped into me. Yeah. You dragged, yeah, you're the... Yeah. And you were just like, you've got to... You're so great and you've got to do more. Uh, I did, yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, what a really nice lady. I I don't know who she is, security. (laughs) Yeah, I thought this was going to be just some sort of mentorship from afar, afar, but Fee actually grabbed you by the scruff of the collar. Dragged her in. Please. Yeah, but it was, you know, you were such a good supporter and it it gave me a lot of confidence and, you know, um, but, yeah, thank you. We're a very supportive community, um, the community radio Peeps. Mm. We are supportive of, of of all of our kind of peers, I think, you know, like popping up on PBS and vice versa, you know, that ha- that happens a lot. Um, and I don't I I'm you know, I want to mention the the smaller radio stations mm. as well. You know, it's and community cup, we all sort of come together at that for the megas and that sort of thing. So um, there's a lot of awesome people involved in community radio, whether they're musicians or the people that bring you those musicians, the people that talk about the current event. I mean, just imagine how 
you know, if we just took the music out of the equation, what you would be listening to to keep up news-wise is just absolutely frightening if you take something like community radio away. So I think that, you know, you should just jump online and uh, share it on social media. Keep Community Radio is the hashtag and you can go to keepcommunityradio.org.au. Mate. Takes a second. Do you want your job back? <laughs> nah, mate, I'm yeah. right. You're doing a cracking job. <laughs> We've been talking to Henry Wagons and Phoebe Squared, legends both. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thanks. guys. Thank you. This has been a podcast oh. from 3RRR, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly oh. independent community radio. Want to hear oh. more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.